Hi everybody, this is Lynn Barclay, President of the American Sexual Health Association, and we are here today to talk about reproductive health, yay, and I have two wonderful guests. One is Susan Reynolds, who happens to work here with me and is one of my favorite people, don't tell everybody else. And the other is her mother. Now, I don't often get to talk to a daughter and mother, but we thought this would be too much fun to really get a little bit of that generational, you know, thought back and forth, the problems, the opportunities, etc. So, reproductive health, our contraceptive choices are really important and impact really potentially the rest of our lives. Um, so Lisa, tell me, and Susan, really, what was it like when you were young? Did you, did your mother talk to you? Did your father talk to you? Did you have someone you trusted talk to you? Um, and what, what did they say? Did they say, just cross your legs or, you know, what was, what was your advice? Well, so I started cycling very young at the time. I think it's much more common to start cycling um, at 11 is when my period started. Um, and it was a frightening thing. Nobody had prepared me for this conversation, um, for this experience. And so I did talk to my mom. Um, my mom and I were very close, probably not as, certainly not as close as Susan and I have been, but we were close. Um, so I did go to her. Um, and, but my periods were painful. Um, probably endometriosis might have been a factor then, but of course nobody knew then. So this is probably not PC at all, but my grandmother, I would stay home when my period was coming. Um, and my grandmother would give me hot toddies and I would stay on the sofa, um, for the first day or two. Um, and then in order to address that, I did go to a gynecologist. I don't even remember how I ended up seeing this provider, but I about 13 or so went on the birth control pill in order to control these painful periods. Um, and so I wasn't thinking about being sexually active then. Probably at some point we had sex ed at school and my parents, I assume, would have had to write a sign a permission slip, just as I had to sign a permission slip for Susan. Um, and my mother sat me down and she was like, so you're having sex ed at school? Yes, yes we are. And she's like, do you have any questions? No, no, I don't think so. She said, good. Just don't. <laughs> and that was the sum and substance of Is that the opposite of the Nike ad? Just <laughs> yeah. don't do it? Just don't do it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we but left did it. Did you understand when she said that what she was referring to? Just don't. Don't, just yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were old enough to have the peer educators, if you will, um, um, kind of. Yes, yeah, certainly I remember um, classmates talking about being mm -hmm. sexually active. Um, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't interested in dating. At that point I was horse crazy and I was outside and boys were really the last thing on my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I think my parents gave me a pony in order to keep me from having a boyfriend and it worked. <laughs> it worked very well. There you go. I like that option. And Susan, when, when did you talk to Susan about it? How did that go? Or what do you remember, Susan? 
Well, so kind of similar to mom, when I, I think I got my first period when I was 12 or 13, and they were also incredibly painful, and over time was diagnosed to be endometriosis-related. Um, so I started on birth control pretty much right away and cycled through several different birth controls trying to manage the pain um, until I was 17 when I was diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, so that So that was really... And an interesting time in my life, I was probably one of the only people in my class who was like regularly seeing a gynecologist and like actually doing these things. There were other girls in my class who had like painful periods and such, but um, I think my circumstance was a little different because my mom had been through this herself and she, it took her a really long time to find a good gynecologist. So once she found that good gynecologist, that's who she took me to. Mm -hmm. So I had an incredible doctor from day one who really took my pain seriously and was invested in helping me get this fixed. Um, And so then I met this guy who I'm getting married to in two weeks and uh, we started dating and my mom (laughs) the way I remember it which I'll give her an option to say differently but I remember the conversation going where she came into my bedroom I was on my computer and she tossed a box of condoms onto my bed and didn't really even say much of anything and just walked away (laughs) and um the other thing that my mom tells me all the time and and was and was important for me to know as I was engaging in a relationship that was becoming a long-term committed relationship through high school um that um the people in my family are very fertile and so so not only did I need to be careful anyway but I needed to be particularly careful with my contraceptive so she stressed that to me from day one and she says that I was very uncomfortable with it with, Mom, with discussion? Oh, yeah. 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 How do you remember it, Lisa? Or what was your intention? Well, I remember having a conversation when we were outside. We were doing some sort of work um, around the property of our house. And and I remember saying to her, because she and Chris had been dating at that point several months. Um, and I remember saying to her, I know that you and Chris at some point are going to become sexually active. And she freaked out. <laughs> She's like, oh, mom, no, stop. And I was like, I know that you're gonna, you know, if you're not already, you will become sexually active. It was not a conversation I wanted to have, but I didn't want her to go out, you know, unprepared. without it. Unprepared, exactly. And I didn't want her to get her information from classmates, because even if you have sex ed, that's not where you're, what you're really listening to. You're listening to your peers. Um, and I wanted her to know that the risks in our family are very high of becoming pregnant. Um, so I just wanted to say, double up on your birth control methods. You know, don't... What don't... do you mean by double up? So if you're on the pill, don't assume that that's going to take care of you. Use a condom as well. Use both. That's, we, we talk a um, lot about that here at Ashley. I'm, and, yes. and, and Whatever birth control about... you're using, also use a condom. That's right. Uh, well, and that's, that's, you know, for STDs, STIs. Right. Uh, protection it as well, right. but but my message to her additionally was don't assume that you will not get pregnant. Use more than one version. Um, it's better to assume that you will easily get pregnant and find out later that you might have to work harder at it if, when you decide that you want to be pregnant than to assume that you will not get pregnant because you're young and invulnerable and the next thing you know 
you have an unexpected pregnancy. And the other thing that I said to her in that conversation was, if you think that you're pregnant, please let me know. Let me know as soon as possible. We can talk about your options. Um, don't tell me when it's when your choices are diminished. Right, right. Um, now, so many years later, she told me that she had had a, a moment where she was a little concerned, and she didn't come to me. She went to you know a peer. She went to a, a trusted friend, um, and you know at least she talked to somebody right. about it because every woman that I know who is sexually active you know, with a male partner, has had a moment when she thought, oh my goodness, either because her period's a little bit late, or because she knows her birth control failed, or didn't think about it, or... Or skipped a pill, or, or a, a few pill. pills, or something, yeah. Or, you know, it was using a form of birth control that is more in the moment, mm -hmm. and was not thinking about protection at that moment, for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I didn't... So I, if, if there was a, oh my goodness moment, I didn't want her to, to hesitate, mm -hmm. you know, have these conversations early, whatever decision you make is going to be your decision, mm -hmm. but let's make choices when we have choices, mm -hmm. <laughs> then wait until we have no choices. How did you feel about that, Susan? I mean, I, I felt, I felt like I could trust her and that I could talk to her about these things. Obviously when the time came we weren't very concerned. I think that if we had reached a point where we were very concerned, I would have gone to her. But this was just a, oh shit, the condom broke. What are we going to do right in this moment? Mm -hmm. And so I called my sister and she helped me get, we talked about if, whether or not I needed the after morning pill and we ended up not getting it for whatever reason, but things were fine. Mm -hmm. But, but I do know that I, I think that that conversation and her saying those things really laid the groundwork for me to know that yeah, she'd probably be mad. Like, I don't think she'd be happy if that if this situation happened, but it, it would be okay. Like, she oh, would. I doubt she'd be mad. Would you well, be mad? You'd maybe be. Not mad. You'd be. How do we deal with this? But not mad. You know, mad is if they do something. You know, stupid. I, I might, depending on the circumstances. I, you know, if, if you were cavalier about right. it, and we're like, well, we're just, we were just rolling the dice, kind of thing. I'd be upset. Mad is probably not the word. Mm -hmm. I would certainly mm -hmm. think we need to have another conversation. <laughs> and um, another birth control method. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But in that moment, you just have to deal with what's in front of you. Well, and taking care of your kid. That, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, let's let's make a decision. Let's make a good decision mm -hmm. that we've thought through. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I, mad. Maybe disappointed. Yeah. But, um, you know... No, because right. uh, her being healthy and happy has always been my number right. one goal. Yeah. I guess my point was that, like, I think you, I think it would have been a difficult conversation for me still if we had tried to have that conversation, but, but you laid the groundwork to make me feel like I would be safe in that conversation. We mm -hmm. could still have it. We would be able to take care of things. But luckily I didn't come to that because I was on two forms of birth control. Because <laughs> I was Smart. also on the pill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I w and I wanted to have the conversation before I thought that she was sexually active. I mean, my sense of Susan at the time was she was not going to be having lots of casual relationships. Just my my feeling of her as a person was that I didn't need to be worried until she had been in a relationship for a few months. And I thought, okay, there's gonna be pressure. Your friends are also probably sexually active. And so 
you know, there are pressures from so many different directions, and I just, I think now is the time. And then later, after, I guess you guys had been together for a year or more at that point, then I did toss her some condoms. I was like, you just, <laughs> you should just have these. <laughs> so there's so many birth control options for women today, not for men, but for women. Um, what is, and you're about to get married, uh, you know, what is your thinking on those options? I know when you were young, and I'm older than you, the options were very limited. We were thrilled with the options we had, but today the options seem, I don't want to say endless, but just such great uh, different options. So, you know, we're, we while we know a lot when we're in the space, we, there's also more to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and healthcare providers hopefully can really help women pick the right one for you now. Because yeah. what's right for you now is not necessarily right for you next year. That's um, right. You know, and vice That's versa. Right. Yeah. And what's so exciting about this too is that these chain, these all of these new options are coming out all the time too. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what the options are a year from now. Mm -hmm. Because what my mom will say and says all the time, the IUD when I was first getting birth control was not an option that was available for women when, like, when I was in in high school, sixteen, seventeen. The IUD was not recommended for women who hadn't yet had a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. So it was really an after-pregnancy mm -hmm. kind of birth control option that mm -hmm. was available. But now, yeah. I just got the IUD a month ago because yeah. the, the recommendations have changed. Mm -hmm. And so so making sure you're having that continued conversation with your healthcare provider. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it might change all the time for you what's best. Mm -hmm. Well, and even once you've chosen a particular method, if you think the pill is good for you, well, there are variety of pills right there, there are you know there and, are. and if you decide to choose the IUD well there are a couple of different kinds of IUDs right. so you know it's not even just as simple as saying well I'm just going to take the pill because that's what worked for my mom and it'll work for me well okay which which pill how are you going to take it uh was mentioning to Susan because of her endometriosis she was taking the pill continuously so she didn't have a period unless she wanted to. Well, when I started on the pill, they absolutely said, oh, you have to have a pill every right. month because you'll, I don't know, they thought you'd back up with blood or something. Yeah, it they was, did. They've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so things, things change. I mean, uh, you were saying something at one point when you were talking about your period started, just kind of flashed into my mind. So just for frame of reference, I was born in 1966. So I was uh, first started having my period in '77. Mm -hmm. um, so the pill was the thing, yeah, of then. course, um, and it was and thrilled to have it. <laughs> and it was yeah, absolutely. But it was a high hormone dosage mm -hmm. then too, because they were just really, you know, they weren't experimenting with it. Mm -hmm. They got it, and they were like, "This one works, mm -hmm. and we'll go with it." Um, but when I had my first period, it started when I was in school. I went to my teacher and said, "Oh, I think." You know, I've just, just been to the bathroom. I think I'm having my period. And my teacher, male, said, oh, there's no way. I was like, no, I'm really pretty sure. And so he sent me to the school nurse who gave me a pad that was, I don't know, at least five inches thick. Or sure seemed like And it. had the belt that you had to I remember. use. You know, you had to use pins, yep. like diaper pins, to hold it on. You, they're not going to even oh, know no, what we're I've talking about. Oh, no, I've never even heard of this. Yep. It was probably one of the top most humiliating moments of my life. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> um, so when you were looking at the different options, Susan, when you were talking to your health care provider, how did that conversation go? Did you talk about everything from the pill 
to next Planon, or did you kind of stay in a kind of a small space or you know because you had lots of experience obviously with the pill so you probably didn't need to discuss that so much but but how did that go sure well i think for me the the circumstances are a little are a little different because i do have endometriosis and so that's something that is so deeply and connectedly tied to what to what birth control option i use so my most recently when I was starting to reconsider my birth control options um, that my doctor and I talked about how a, a LARC, a long-acting reversible contraceptive would be a good option and that actually a lot of research had had, had been shown that specifically the Mirena was had positive effects on women who had endometriosis and so that is the the one we ended up going with but we did talk all the way from my doctor certainly asked me, like, well, do you have, do you ever miss a pill? Do you have a hard time taking a pill every day right now? Is that why you're wanting to change? That wasn't a problem for me, luckily. Um, but so, but, and they talked about the Nexplanon and then the other forms of the IUDs. And ultimately why we decided on that one was because of its endometriosis, the research around its effects on on endometriosis, Mm -hmm. which is an important thing for women to consider too now is, is there, there are research studies happening on all of these different forms and the effects that they can have on endometrial cancers over ovarian cancer. They, the different combinations of hormones are showing that they can have these other effects, positive benefits, advantages, um, so that's an important thing to talk to your doctor about as well. And that's why we ended up settling on the particular IUD that I got this time. Lisa, you probably, given that you just told us your age, uh, mm-hmm. aren't overly concerned about birth control. Um, but that's not necessarily true. Actually, um, given my life stage, I'm, so I am in menopause, perimenopause, um, I don't know if I'm having periods yet or not because I have had a marina now for almost 15 years. Oh, have you? Wow. Oh, I'm so happy. I love that. I love that birth control method. Um, but because I am going to begin hormone replacement therapy, this marina that I have now, it's due to expire. It comes to the end of its life in August. And they had said, well, if you, if you don't use any hormone replacement therapy, we can just leave that in place. It can it it still has hormone. It will mm-hmm. still protect you, given the risk, the lower risk of pregnancy. Um, you know, we'll just leave it for a year or two longer, and it'll be fine. But because I'm starting the HRT, they want to replace the marina to prevent pregnancy. If if my body put a new marina in a new marina okay. in um, to to counteract whatever possibility of reviving my fertility that the that the HRT might provoke. And did you and did you have a conversation with your provider? We did have someone somewhat of a conversation. I just feel like it would have been more of an involved conversation with my former provider who is now Susan's provider because we formed a relationship over, you know, fifteen years mm-hmm. or so and, and And she's awesome. And she's awesome. Um, so you know, having those uh, those conversations, finding a practitioner that you feel good about, is is good. Yeah. Oh that, no, no, no. That's the ultimate. That is um, another thing that we here at ASHA always say: if you are not getting what you need from your provider, keep looking. There are providers who can meet what you need. Whether <laughs> there are so many things, you know, you're LGBTQ and your provider is not being comfortable talking to you. 
find another mm-hmm. provider. So yeah, well, so that I mean that was one of the things I was also had pain. Um, during intercourse when I was a young adult, probably about Susan's age, maybe a little bit younger than Susan, and um, went to probably five or six different providers who at that time, this is early 80s, told me I just needed to relax and have a glass of wine. Oh, yeah, we've, yeah we know. <laughs> yeah, you've heard that one. Yeah. Well, it turns out I have a skin condition called lichen planus, which is um, stress-related. Hmm. Um, and I have it internally, so it appears mostly in my mouth oh. and in my uh, vagina. Well, fun. Yeah, so, it, it, and it took me probably, yeah, five or six providers to find one who said, oh, no, 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 wait, this is, <laughs> this, this is, is this it. This is this, yes. This is it, and, and, you know, a provider doesn't necessarily say something that triggers you. Yeah. I mean, when somebody said to me, well, what you need to do is have a glass of wine. Okay, that to me was like, okay, this is not a provider who works for me. Right. This is this is not the right answer. Right. Um, but sometimes they'll give you information that, or talk to you in a way where, where you might feel, I guess, less comfortable challenging them. Right. You know, if they're talking to you in an intellectual and an engaged and informed kind of way, but what they're saying still doesn't resonate for you or doesn't mesh with what your issues are, then you need to talk to somebody else. Yeah. You can always go back. Yeah. Very good point. So my daughter is, uh, she must be 31 now, and she is pregnant with her second baby, and her doctor has already started talking to her about birth control. And um, her provider recommended Nexplanon. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, when she said it to me, I knew exactly what we were talking about. And I was like, that's a great suggestion. She's with a uh, committed partner, but I always say just still use condoms because we're big believers in condoms. Um, and we talked about dual control and, you know, dual use, etc. So um, I think she, that's the way she's going to be going, which I was really pretty happy to hear, to be perfectly honest. So it's interesting it's how choice. each of us go in a different direction. It's interesting that the two of you coincidentally ended on Marina. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are, uh, you know, long-acting reversible contraceptives, which is the IUD, the, the different IUDs, there's more than one, and then Nexplanon, which is the one in the arm, are amazing in their um, success. Um, So very exciting. So let me ask you just one other question and that is in your different conversations and or your own personal experiences do you find any benefits, other benefits than the obvious pregnancy prevention or pain reduction etc to being on birth control? I mean, that was certainly something a lot of people talked about when I was younger is like, ooh, birth control pill helps you with your acne. Like, isn't that nice? And um, so that was a benefit that I remember thinking about because that's obviously what teenagers are concerned about. Well, and that's why that's why we need it's so important for us to be not so upset about having these conversations about contraceptives because they serve all of these multiple purposes. Exactly. My mom and I both got on birth control not for prevention of pregnancy, but for treatment of conditions that were Mm -hmm. undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said before and have talked about already in the podcast, 
these birth control pills have really powerful effects and, and, and advantages for managing uh, painful periods, very heavy periods, which is something that a lot of young women struggle with and it impacts your ability to get an education, to work at your job. I mean, my mom, how, she must have missed so much school because she had to get drunk and sleep on the couch every day. <laughs> every time she got a period. I mean, but like these are the things... <laughs> that was a treatment method I had not heard before. <laughs> Yay, Grandma. <laughs> so, so I mean, these these medications have all of these advantages that, that are really useful and helpful. And, and they can even allow you to have more pleasurable sex because you're not so stressed and worried about all of these parts about, uh, all of these concerns about getting pregnant or, or having these painful periods or having very painful sex. Like, these things just kind of help. If you're if you're engaged in your in your sexual health and your your gynecologic health as a woman, it opens up a lot of doors for you to think about how to improve your sex life overall and all these other things. I think. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for more podcasts, visit our website at ashasexualhealth.org. Until next time, thanks. Bye.